0: The American Council of Blind Lions, ACBL, is the affiliate that roars, and that's no lion. ACBL holds monthly conference calls and ACB convention events that help people who are blind or visually impaired become more involved in local Lions Clubs. Find out more. Call 502-897-1472 or email lions.acb at gmail.com.
1: The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service, nor does it reflect the views of the
2: American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.
1: Hi, this is Paul Edwards, and welcome to Tuesday Topics. I I don't think we we try to uh, provide Adverse opinions all the time, only some of the time too. So. Uh, but we appreciate the disclaimer and thank you very much for being here, everyone who's listening, everyone who is in our Zoom audience, and of course a fairly hefty group of panelists that we have this evening. Uh, we are tonight going to be talking about all things awards, and we're going to be approaching it from uh, in a variety of ways. We're going to be Talking to some folks who've received awards uh, from ACP. And we're going to be talking to some individuals who are currently on the revamped awards committee, which has some new members and some new leadership. And so that's kind of exciting. And uh, we're also going to be hearing from Katie Frederick, who is the new chair of the Board of Publications, who will talk to us or we will talk together about uh, some of the awards that the Board of Publications is responsible for. So um, that's what the outline of tonight's program looks like. And later in, in the program, we'll give folks who are here an opportunity to raise any questions they have. And if there are any folks out there who've received awards and want to talk about those and are not members of uh, the panel um then we'll we'll certainly give you guys a chance to talk about that too and maybe maybe that's the place where we should start there are there are at least two of us now on this call and i don't know who else may have arrived but there are at least two of us on this call who have received acb awards and and it, and it might be interesting to begin um uh, hearing from from us in in terms of how those awards felt to us so one of the and we both happen to be former acb presidents. so chris why don't you start and talk about how receiving an award from acb impacted you
2: as you see it well don't know about the as i see it part (laughs) or as you don't see it but exactly no but it impacted me very deeply i mean To have received one of the two most prestigious awards in ACB was exciting, it was honoring, it was maybe even an affirmation of many things I had done. Uh, In my case, I was actually nominated for the Durward K. McDaniel Ambassador Award, but I received the James R. Olson Lifetime Achievement Award. To be honest, either of those was a tremendous honor. I knew them both. I cared deeply for them both. And I was just as happy to receive one as the other, if, if that makes any sense to anybody. But uh, the impact was significant. And uh, I hang that award wherever I move to. And I've moved quite a bit since then. And am um, so... Pleased and honored to be a recipient of that award.
1: One of the one of the things that that I thought it would be appropriate for us to do um, is to talk a little bit about the folks these awards are, are are named after. So the James R. Olson Award, which is also the one I got, um, is named after uh, Jim Olson. And and maybe Chris, you would talk a little bit about who Jim was and why he's so revered in ACB.
2: Sure. Jim was uh, came to ACB through uh, Minnesota and lost his vision entirely in the early 1970s from diabetes. And over a period of three or four years as surgeries and various treatments advanced, actually got a fair amount of his vision back, nowhere near enough to be anything but legally blind, but he did receive some back. But before he lost his vision, he was an accountant. And when he lost his vision, of course, he could not practice accounting any longer. Uh, The technology wasn't there, as he would be the first to admit, his skill set wasn't there. And uh, he went on to pursue the position of treasurer of ACB and ran for his first time, kind of a trial introduction time in 1976. And then later on, he began to work with ACB in our thrift store operation first as a volunteer. And then as the head of ACB enterprises and services the organization that ran the thrift stores, which provided significant, significant funding to ACB, to the tune of three, four, four hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. He managed that operation for us out of Minneapolis. That's how the Minneapolis office began in downtown Minneapolis, and uh, worked with ACB tirelessly. Until his passing, which I believe was in two thousand three, might have been two thousand in fact, no, it was two thousand four or five anyway that that's hardly relevant. Jim was an ardent member of ACB, an ardent supporter of our programs. He never forgot that ACB gave him a new lease on life on a career, and that to him was significant, and that was one of many of his ties to the organization. He was truly oh, a great leader, yeah. truly a wonderful individual, very kind, very caring, and uh, that might have been more than you wanted, Paul, but that's oh, Jim Olson. It was enough, and
1: and, and we, we also got uh, Jim's, Jim's daughters and his wife, Anne, um, who uh, e- even after – uh, Jim's passing continued to be to, to to be pretty active within ACB, and and, and we appreciate all of all of the Olson family's involvement, um, and and are very fortunate to have them. So of
2: course we have the Jim Olson Scholarship to this we day. We do,
1: we do, and. So someone from awards committee, Connie, I don't know if it's going to be you. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what the criteria are for the Jim Olson Award?
3: Thanks, Paul. Yeah, I will talk about the James Olson Award. Um, So the criteria is um, the James R. Olson Distinguished Service Award is periodically given to individuals who have made important contributions which have Advanced Opportunities for the Blind Community. This award can be given to an individual or an organization. This award was originally named the Distinguished Service Award. It was renamed for James R. Jim Olson following his passing in 2005.
1: Excellent. Um, And and there have been some some pretty pretty high powered people who've received that award. Um, I, I know I was one and I, and I know Chris is one, um, Kim, I, I don't know what, a, which, which ACB award did you win, Miss Kim?
4: Well, um, I, I do remember, and it's here in the house that Brian also won the James R. Olson distinguished service. There you are. It is in the house. It yeah. is.
1: And that, it that's is. excellent. I,
4: yeah, I did. Um, had the chance to win an award from ACB, it was the Robert S. Bray Award.
5: So.
1: Nice, nice. And we'll talk about that in a minute. That's excellent. Um, let's see. Um, so we've, we've talked a little bit about um, this award, but either, uh, Connie, do you want to talk a little bit more about uh, how people, get in touch with you if they if they can think of somebody who ought to get that jim olson award
3: yeah um i can do that so um basically the nomination process is it's a national recognition it's a national recognition for their work in acb or the blindness community nominees will be judged on the quality of nomination letters and how well the person meets the spirit of the award For which they are being nominated. Please remember that the candidate must have original, must have national influence to be considered for the ACB award. The deadline for nominations is April first. All nomination letters must be received electronically by eleven fifty nine Eastern on April first. And please, please, uh, excuse me. Please be sure to. Email your nomination letters to Carrie Muth. um, And Carrie's email is C A R R I E dot M U T H dot A C B O at gmail dot com and Connie Sims at Connie K O N I dot L dot S I M S at gmail dot com. So if they have questions. If they have questions, they can email us also. Mm-hmm.
1: Now I I don't know if Carrie's here or not. Carrie, are you here? Yes, I am. Very good. Welcome. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry I didn't mean to let, let Connie hog stuff, but we'll get to you. <laughs> I promise.
3: That's okay. We're co chairs <laughs> anyway, so that's okay. <laughs> we work well together. We uh yeah. we we take turns talking. So
1: yeah yes. that's excellent. Um and you guys you guys are sort of newbies on the awards committee this year, yeah.
0: Yes, and, yeah. and actually, we have another new member of our committee on here too, Amanda Selman, that, that we'll get to talk about a couple of awards during this too. So, and we're That's all excellent. newbies; none of our veteran uh, awards yeah. committee members were available. So, <laughs> well,
1: we're glad to, we're, we're glad to have all three of you, and and none of you are newbies to my show except for Carrie. So, Carrie, welcome. Yeah. We're glad to have Thank you. you. Thank you. So, Kim, um, Chris has talked a little about it, and I will in a second, but what what was the impact of, well, yeah, let's start there. What was the impact of your getting the Robert S. Bray Award, Kim, And and, and tell us a little bit about why you got it.
4: Well, um, I received the Robert S. Bray Award in 2004, and in 2001, I was promoted to the Executive Director of the Perkins Braille and Talking Book Library. So, my my kind of career dream was to run a library um, that provided services to people who were blind, because they're at the time when I decided to go to graduate school, there were no blind people running any libraries or working in management in any libraries, um, serving people with disabilities in the country at all. So um, in 1985, after I went to grad school to get my degree in library science, I started working at first at the Oregon State Library, Braille and Talking Book Service. And then in um, 1985, I moved to Massachusetts and became the assistant director of the Perkins Braille and Talking Book Library. So I was the assistant director for um, 16 years, and then I became the director in 2001. So I've been director for 20 years at the Perkins Library. And getting the award was certainly meaningful because um You know, it was recognition of a career achievement for me in a field where there hadn't been many people who were blind or visually impaired that were leading in the field. And also because it came from my peers in ACB, and that meant a lot to me to be recognized by my peers Um, and to to receive the award that was named after the first director of the National Library Service for the Blind, now print disabled. At the time, it was for the blind and physically handicapped. But actually, even at the time, Robert S. Bray was the head from 1957 to, to um, 1972. Um, it was called the Division for the Blind and Physically Handicapped of the Library of Congress. So. Um, it was kind of it was kind of interesting last year, and I think this the whole idea of talking about the people that we name our awards after is really good because it's so easy to forget. Why do we have that award? Who was
5: that yeah. person? Yeah.
4: And last year was the first year in a community call that the awards committee had done this and they asked me to find out a little bit about Robert S. Bray. And I said well I can certainly do that. I had to I had to dig a little bit because it's been a while since he was recognized in any way. I could tell you a little bit about why. Um, I think ACB recognized him and, and I don't have the criteria but I but I have some of the previous winners so that kind of would be interesting to hear I it, think as well. It
1: would. Go for um, it, Ms. Kim.
4: Okay. So you you give a librarian an assignment and they come with lots of information. So That's here I right. go. <laughs> So, um, again, he became the director of what is now NLS in 1957 and he, he was there in that leadership role until 1972 when his predecessor, Frank Kurt Silky um, was hired and he was there until, um, 2012. And his successor. A successor, not predecessor. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so he um, Robert S. Bray was um, responsible for many actually innovations in library service because at the time it was braille books and it was records, the the record vinyl records that NLS used that I'm sure many people remember getting in the black boxes with the straps and the old record players. He He's um, modernized the talking book machine from the big black box that many people used in the 50s, 60s to a, a more like a, a, a record player that had um, a detachable speaker. So you could, you know, you could kind of stylize your room a little bit. You could put the speaker over on the left and have the turntable on the right. And it's just some some practical things that were kind of cool. Um He took the 33 and a third record and went to the 16 and two thirds and then the eight, um, eight and a third records. Um, So he went through that whole transition with the into flexible discs. He also started experimenting with reel to reel tape in the 1960s and books were circulated on reel to reel tape. And some of the old timers will probably remember those days, just like they probably remember them from recording for the blind the days when you had to use reel-to-reel to to read your textbooks instead of cassettes. And he led the whole transition to the cassette tape and really, you know, did an entire marketing campaign because patrons at that time were like, cassette, what? You know, (laughs) so, and and they were very apprehensive. They didn't really want to change things. They liked their records. So he did a whole national tour and went out and, Answered people's questions, listened to their concerns, told them they wouldn't be disappointed. That he's done. He had done a lot of research, and he really led the whole transition to the cassette tape. And that was that was a, a huge transition for NLS in the early 1970s. You know, and we didn't say goodbye to the cassette tape until the early 2000s. So 30 years, the cassette tape was the format that we used. And we had the same kind of anxieties when we switched to digital cartridge. People were afraid it wasn't going to work and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, he was really a trailblazer in his time, and there were two things that he did that were pretty controversial when he did them. Um, One of them was the support for – the sub-regional library concept. And some people may know that that in some states there are libraries that run out of public libraries most often and they're smaller. They serve it like the geographical county or the city. But then the regional library is the big one. Like Florida is a really good example. They have a lot of them and a lot of sub-regionals around the state. And the the regional library is in Daytona Beach. Um, Some states don't have any, like Texas has the regional library in Austin and that's it. And that was viewed as a very controversial thing because a lot of people thought it would, you know, diffuse the resources for the regional library's support and they weren't always um, supportive of that concept. But, um, you know, at the peak of the sub-regional era, there were uh, over 100 sub-regional libraries around the country. Many have closed, we're probably down to somewhere around 45 or 50 now. They've consolidated services um, for more economic you know, services, that kind of thing. So the other controversy that certainly blind people were very concerned about was Robert S. Bray. Um, initially, the Library of Congress program was for blind adults, and then children were added in the 50s. But in the 60s, um, they broadened the eligibility to include people with physical disabilities who couldn't hold a book or turn a page and people who had reading disabilities like dyslexia. And the blind community was pretty unhappy because they felt like, you know, they were going to get service that was watered down because all these other people were coming in. But I think that, you know, we weathered that storm and the services are still there and, um, you know that didn't seem to be a, a major bump in the road for for the NLS program so he had a lot that you know he was responsible for but I think one thing I find really interesting is that ACB named the award after Robert s Bray but he never received it um, he, he never received it in his in in his career or afterwards but they did recognize and honor him by naming the award after him so that was. That was kind of interesting. He got a lot of other awards in the field, the Miguel Medal, the Francis Joseph Campbell Award in nineteen sixty nine, um, which is from the American Library Association.
1: And the Miguel Medals from AFB.
4: Yes, exactly. Yeah. So so he was he was why you know, widely decorated and respected. Um, so that you know, he had definitely a very distinguished career. When I looked at the list of people that received the award, I, I noticed I don't I don't know who some of these people are from the early days. So the first um, Bray Award was in in 1977, and it was given to a Charles LaCase. I don't know him, Charles Galuzzo. Um, C. Stanley Potter, I do know who he was. He kind of was the founder of Radio Reading Service. James th-
0: Chandler,
1: do you remember I him? I, th- I do, and I think Galuso worked in the AFV talking book program. I'm In thinking. the studio, maybe. Yeah, uh-huh. yep.
4: Um, James Chandler was the, the man who um, kind of invented compressed speech that we all might have used in, in the day. Great guy. Um, yeah. Yeah. Jesse Anderson, I don't know who that was. Coletta um, Mullen, um, William Wilson, um, Steve Dwornick. Um And then I do know this one, Jim Stovall from Narrative yep. Television Network. Yep. Uh, Mary Roach, David Artis. Schwan's Enterprises. Now, we know what we like about Schwan's, so yep. it was their information access that they were recognized because and the award does were,
1: yep. honor they people were,
4: who, who do, ex, you know, accessible information, mm-hmm. and that was because they made their catalog, I think, accessible.
1: He did. Jim
4: Procterman, I think we know him for the...
1: Yeah. And, of um, course, he was responsible for starting Bookshare.
4: <laughs> that's right. In, and in I the think long that's run. why he was honored in 2002, um Maxine Dorf um, ran the Braille uh, Braille development section at NLS for many many years she um, did 2004 was my award 2006 Adrian deblay an active member of ACB Norma Schechter from,
1: from Wisconsin yeah. Adrian was Norma Schechter, Norma Schechter, Schechter was from California I think
4: Frank heard silky we did recognize Frank which is good to mm-hmm. know in 2007 seven. Mm-hmm. 2008 was Tuck Tinsley, 2009 Barry Levine uh, for his work um, with audio description.
1: Yeah. yeah, and also with Library Users of America. So
6: That's right, uh, he was very and, active.
1: Yeah. Right, and, and, and uh, Tuck, of course, was recognized partly as a teacher, but I suspect mostly because of the work that he did for the American Printing House for the Blind, where he was executive director. Yeah. Um,
4: 2010 was Judy Dixon. Who's, who worked at NLS for over 40 years? Um, Chris Toth, and, or Toth, I'm not sure how he pronounces it, the guy who developed awesome. Quitter, the accessible um, app for using Twitter, and Regal Entertainment because of using audio description in their theaters, uh-huh. Weight Watchers for their commitment to access, Apple is Sarah Herlinger.
5: Uh-huh. Um,
4: the Jerry Jerry Coons and Teresa Postello Media and Accessible Design Laboratory at the San Francisco Lighthouse.
1: Lighthouse, nice. Yeah.
4: American Printing House for the Blind, specifically IRA Technologies and Karen Kenninger in 2020. So that was the distinguished list of Robert S. Bray recipients.
1: Ms. Kim, thank you very much. Yeah. So um Carrie, do you want to talk about uh, about what the criteria for the Bray Award are? Or, or should we... I or, think or Connie ask? has that. Connie. All right, Ms. <laughs> Connie, you're up.
3: All right. Um, the Robert Bray Award is given to a person who has made a contribution by improving library technology or communication devices. It could also be given for expanding access for all blind people or for making opportunities within the mainstream media. This award was named for Robert S. Bray, who was chief of the Division for the Blind and Physically Handicapped Library of Congress, now known as the National Library Service for the Blind and Print Disabled. The first recipient was Charles La... Kasky, um, nineteen seventy
1: seven. Yeah, none of us none of us know what he did. <laughs> <laughs>
3: so yeah, yeah, So that's that's but, the criteria for yep, him. So
1: yep. now, I hope Kim did a nice that, job. Yeah. I hope that everybody is recognizing that there is a that there is a significant bit of information that's beginning to be clear. Nobody's going to get these awards unless they get nominated. Nobody is going to receive an ACB award unless somebody thinks they deserve it and nominates them. So all of you guys who are listening to this, either as a podcast or live, remember that you determine who gets ACB awards. The awards committee doesn't, doesn't sort of sit back and think to themselves,
5: hmm. Who
1: can we think of to give these <laughs> awards to? they They can only go by the the um, actual applications that they receive from you guys out there. so if 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 there's somebody who you think meets these national criteria, it is time for you to take up your pen or keyboard and begin um, to put a nomination together. Uh, It it doesn't have to be a PhD thesis. Um, None of us require those. Um, And in fact, the the more that you write, um, the more that you write from your heart, the better it is. And I I know Kim and I um, have both written nominations as well as uh, ending up being nominated. Um, Kim, would you you care to talk about... um, the nomin writing nominations and perhaps offer a couple of tips.
4: Sure. Um, I think it's very helpful as, as Paul said to, to give some personal background. So the first thing I think the committee likes is to, to have a little background on the individual. So don't forget to include their name, their address, their contact information, and in their email, you know, so so the committee can find them when they decide to honor them and give them an award. Um, I had way back in around 2000 or so, I had the privilege of chairing the awards committee for ACB for a couple of years, and you'd be surprised. Sometimes people just send, I want to, I want to nominate, you know, Joe Jones, and he lives in Nashville. And that's all we get. So, um, so it's it's not trivial to remember to include that um, contact information for the nominee, but to tell why you think they are deserving of the award, give some examples so the committee has something to to work on to hang their hat on to to honor them. They need to know about what the person has done that you believe makes them eligible to be a recipient of, a, of an award. And if they've won any other awards, sometimes that's helpful to know as well. Their positions, their honors, if they've been president of an affiliate, or just anything like that that can help um, give the the committee a little bit of a picture of the contributions that the individual has made to to the blindness community.
0: Mm-hmm. So and, Ms. And, Ke- uh, Go ahead. Oh. This is Carrie. I was going to say, too, the thing I, you know, I'm new to this committee, um, but one of the things some of our members that have been on the committee before, you know, have have pointed out is that those details are real important because when we go and we discuss and decide, you know, who of the nominees are um, chosen all we can go by is from that letter. We can't say, oh, I know that person and da-da-da. You know, we really need to go by the nominations that are provided. So, you know, that detail is really important. And, you know, one of the other important things is, you know, you can have a friend help edit it or, you know, make sure it's good quality writing because, you know, you're really representing um, ACB when you're doing that nomination. And, you know, it has a lot greater impact when you read something that's well written. And so don't don't be afraid to w- reach out and get some help if, you know, if grammar isn't your strong suit, you know, I'm sure you have friends, family, other ACB members that could help with those types of things to really give that nominee a good chance at being awarded.
1: Now I don't know if if Chris and Kim would agree with this, but um, what what I'm about to say may be a little controversial, and that is, there have been a few times when I think ACB awards have gone to folks who didn't do um, what. The guys on the awards committee are stressing now. That is, didn't operate at a national level, but instead um, did did really cool things, but at a state level, not at the national level. And I and and I think that um, I'm okay if if um, if if the awards don't rise to the level uh, of of uh, meeting the criteria for the awards uh, with the awards committee not giving them. Um, I don't know how you feel about that, Kim and Chris.
2: Well
4: No, I, I think I would agree and, and in the, the list I went through, I didn't always say the years, but there's several um several gaps where the Robert S. Bray Award was right. given because the Some committee made that decision right. about and we don't feel like we have an appropriate candidate to receive the award
1: right. this year. And and sometimes it is hard because the, the, the criteria for that award are pretty specific. Um, Chris, you were going to say?
2: Well, I I tend to agree with you, Um, but I do think sometimes there are people who have worked and done work in a state. uh, For example, uh, Jerry and Teresa here with their guiding tours in San Francisco, you could argue, well, that's a local endeavor. On the other hand, many, many people from throughout the U.S. and throughout the world benefited from that work so you've got to be careful how you mm-hmm. interpret that well
1: but but uh, but uh, i mean i would argue that 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 it could be demonstrably national even if it only operated in a particular area if mm-hmm. if the number of people who were involved um, from other places was huge but but i think that it's important in preparing your nomination um to to spell out how you think this individual justifies the criteria of national, if you're going to do it.
2: Oh, absolutely, absolutely, I agree with yeah. that.
1: Yeah, yeah, excellent. Um, so another award that that is given away is um, named after um, one of the more important um, ACB. Folks, um, and I think I'll let Chris start off by telling us a little about this guy. Um, his name was Durward McDaniel, and we give the Derwood McDaniel Ambassadors Award. So, Chris, why don't you talk a little bit about Derwood, and then I'll give Kim a chance, and I may add a couple of things.
2: Sure, that'd be fine. There are many out there, or at least there were, not so many now, because there aren't a lot of people these days who knew Derwood well and worked with him extensively. I'm happy to say that that I did, but many people have said in the past that Durward is the real founder of the American Council of the Blind. He certainly was in a low-key Oklahoma kind of way, very charismatic. He had very specific ideas about what organizations of the blind should be and shouldn't be. And... Derwood really was the -the behind-the-scenes guy in ACB in the early years. Uh, In 1967 or 68, he began spending a lot of time in Washington, D.C., and ultimately became ACB's uh, voice in Washington. And uh, then he became, uh, he served in the role that became the executive director of ACB in later years. He was called the national representative early right. on, but, but the role expanded and extended from that time. His big thing was membership. He knew more about more blind people in this country than probably all of us put together on this call. And and, uh,
1: and he probably spent more money than any of us will ever have going to those individual states and ferreting those people out of the woodwork.
2: I think you're right. I think you're right. He was a great leader. He was a great individual. Tremendously inspiring to the people he touched. And uh, I'm glad to say that I got to work a lot with him between 1976 and when he left D.C. to go to Austin uh, to live out the rest of his life, which was in 1981. So,
1: Miss Kim, would you, would you, you got to know Durward some?
4: I, I I did a little bit, not as well as Chris for sure, but he was always so kind and very supportive of me in my early leadership roles in ACB. I always appreciated that, and um, I think the 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 one thing this is kind of go back, goes back to the importance of telling your story in your nomination. I actually nominated someone who who did receive the ambassador award, the Derwood K. McDaniel Ambassador Award. It was um, Aubrey Webson, um, who who is now the ambassador from Antigua and Barbuda. To the United Nations, so he Aubrey is a real ambassador, and I thought, well, what better award for an ambassador to receive than the ACB Ambassador Award? And I told Aubrey's story about working for Perkins as in international relations for for um, over twenty years, and his work in the Caribbean before he came to Perkins as an, a blindness advocate and leader of blind people in the Caribbean and the Caribbean Council of the Blind, and um, and then his story of becoming the ambassador to Antigua. And that happened because when he was living in the Caribbean, he had a lot of friends who were into politics, and they were young and idealistic, and they went to college together studying <laughs> politics and government. and And one of those friends, you know, 35 years later, became the president or prime minister. I'm not sure what Antigua does of the nation of Antigua. So his lifelong friend reached out to Aubrey right away and said, would you consider being ambassador from Antigua to the United Nations? And Aubrey has been doing that since um, late 2017 as an ambassador. So he's really, you know, been a tremendous role model at the United Nations to show the world that blind people can hold these high-level jobs. And he also advocates for people all over the world in developing countries, children and adults alike. So right. I was and, very proud of that nomination. Yeah.
1: because Yeah,
4: of exactly. Right you should
1: be. So. And, and um, uh, newsflash, Aubrey is going to be a future guest on Tuesday Topic, so everybody should tune in and oh, listen cool. to that. He okay. is... Um, he is a, a a wonderful person, and there there are loads of things that folks don't know uh, about about Aubrey that they that they should know um, because he is uh, one of the more amazing people I know, um, and and I'm I'm really proud to have known him. I'm very glad you nominated him, Miss Kim. Yeah. Um, um, it, Aubrey got got a job that I was offered and turned down in the Caribbean. I it mean, was a little <laughs> Yes. <clears throat> it's great fun <laughs> um anyway um yeah
2: so kim's uh who, story yep. about aubrey reminds me of just a very quick point that i sure. forgot because i wasn't totally prepared to talk about Durward. he at one time now i don't know if it's true today probably not but in the 1970s he was the only blind person in the united states certified to practice law before the u.s supreme court and he received that certification because he was a champion in Oklahoma of Oklahoma Indian rights. So
1: that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, so um, that's exciting. I, I I haven't talked much about Gerward. He and I had had an interesting relationship. Um, I I was um, I was chair of resolutions and. When your' chair of resolutions, resolutions that get submitted to you don't don't always meet with the approval um, of the leadership of ACB. <laughs> so <coughs> Derward and myself sometimes found ourselves uh, at at cross purposes, um, but but we always conducted each uh, conducted our our relationship with each other. Um, in a friendly way. Um, But to to give you an indication of just how popular Durward was and and how important many people felt that he was to uh, the American Council of the Blind, uh, Durward, towards the end of his life, decided he was going to run for first vice president of ACB. And there were loads of people who felt like he had made a commitment to folks that he wasn't going to do that. And the chief leader of that little exercise was um, MJ Schmidt, who all of us who have been around in ACB for a long time will remember, who also has gone on. Um, but MJ encouraged five people to run for the office of first vice president in addition to Durward. Um, and, um, Uh, Durward did not win the first vice presidency. I did. (laughs) And um, while Durward understood that and was perfectly content with it, um, there were many people in ACB who never forgave me for it. Um, One was one of my biggest mentors um, in ACB and a wonderful person who deserves more recognition than she's ever received from Missouri named Alma Murphy. Um, and um, Alma, Alma never forgave me for running against Sherwood. And, and it's an indication of just how revered he was in ACB. Hello. So, Miss Connie, can you talk to us about the criteria for the Ambassador Award? i let Carrie talk about this one. Okay, Miss Carrie. I'm sorry. See,
0: Paul, we had them all <laughs> divided out already. You could just say, "Okay, who's doing this one?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll try to do better next time.
0: <laughs> all right, the, the, the Derwood K. McDaniel Ambassador Award is given in recognition of a blind person who may or may not be a member of a blindness organization, but who has. Through his or her personal characteristics and activities unrelated to their employment, contributed most to the acceptance and understanding of blind people as capable contributing members of the community. It was originally just called the Ambassador Award, and it was the first time it was given was in nineteen sixty three so, I, I gotta say, I really enjoy this, um, Paul, because I'm learning so much about all these awards. It's great.
1: <laughs> well, I, I thought it would be a, a good opportunity to to help members of ACB um, come to terms with some of their some of their earlier heroes or some of the earlier heroes of, of ACB, because so many of our awards now um, are named after people who 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 were. Responsible for making ACB what it what it is today. So yeah,
0: yeah, it's great. Yeah.
1: So those are the criteria. It's a it's a it's a hard it's a hard award to qualify for because it specifically excludes all the work that you do in your job.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: So it it um, it it's not easy. It has to it has to almost be a person who. Um, who, who has, who has really devoted an awful lot of his life to, um, to, to making things better for blind people in a whole range of ways. And, and certainly Aubrey is a good example of that. Um, he, um, uh, he, he had this, he, he had this huge role to play in terms of, and, and we'll talk about this when he comes on the show, but both in, in terms of, um, revolutionizing the way that blind people in the Caribbean thought of themselves, but then much later, in devising what I think are some of the most um, innovative um, training approaches um, that that have ever been taken in third world countries, um, in terms of the way that he provided rehab um, when he worked in Africa. So, stay tuned for that. But it's that it's an indication of the high level. Um, that the ambassador award expects of uh, of its nominees, but if you have somebody out there who deserves that award, uh, take take up thy keyboard and write. Yeah. So, Miss um, Carey or 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 uh, other members, um, <laughs> what what other awards would you guys like to talk about?
0: We have the George Card Award.
1: Yeah, let's talk um, about that.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know much other than the criteria because we're new to the committee.
1: So Chris, Chris, and I and Kim can probably add a little. Um, George Card was one of the uh, one of the initial, um, really one of the initial founders uh, of the American Council of the Blind. Um, he was He was around in Kansas City when the organization was formed um, but more particularly um, i i I guess what i 'd like to say about that is you know we are so accustomed to having braille printers around and having mass produced braille um, pr- pretty widely available nowadays when when the American Council of the Blind was being created um, in in the late fifties and early sixties, most of the material was produced in braille, but it was produced um, by hand, and it was and it was distributed and circulated from person to person all over the country. So there were a few copies that were made, but most of the materials um, were actually were actually sent out um and and were read and then sent on to somebody else so that they could read it and it's something that that I I don't think a lot of us nowadays can can imagine just just how important people felt like some of the issues that were involved in the creation of the American Council of the Blind were that they were prepared to take their time to create documents that they that they then circulated um, from place to place, often in, in, in uh, Braille copies that had been created by hands. And George Card was one of the people who was responsible for doing a, a good deal of the writing led to um, some of the principles that were created by uh, the American Council of the Blind when it broke away from the NFP. And he was also... Um, the person who was responsible for um, beginning work uh, with the with the Braille Forum as it was then um, for ACB, Chris, do you want to add anything?
2: Probably not too much. I think what you said is, is correct. Of course, George's history uh, in the organized blind movement goes back to the late nineteen forties, and throughout the fifties, he traveled in many places, particularly in the Midwest, creating affiliates, uh, organizational affiliates in states. He worked very hard at that, diligently at that, year after year. Also, a lot of fundraising vehicles in Wisconsin. And uh, when, in 1960, a number of affiliates were summarily dismissed from uh, the National Federation of the Blind. George saw he could not stay there any longer. Many affiliates he'd created just didn't exist any longer. He came to what became ACB and uh, stayed a very staunch, loyal member for, oh, gosh, a couple decades, a couple decades. Kim, do you want to add anything?
4: I don't think I can say it much better than that I remember that he did a lot of membership development and traveled all over the country right. writing letters and meeting people and organizing um, chapters and affiliates I never had the opportunity to meet him. Um, I don't know when he passed away but I think it was in the yeah. 70s,
1: early 70s. I, I don't think I met I don't think I met him either um, so we we but but the the legacy that he left was certainly was certainly the Braille forum um, and and also, I think the other legacy that he left was um, uh, 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 essentially a recognition that democracy and the principles that governed ACB were were far more important to him um, than trying to get ahead in an organization. Where he was a pretty powerful leader in the 1950s in the National Federation of Black, he was certainly a part of the inner circle, who who he essentially turned his back on, and 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 essentially um, indicated that those folks um, no longer represented him and no longer represented the the people they've reported to represent. So yeah,
2: it's pretty important Very guy. True. Very true. A long and extremely complex. Uh, person within our movement. Yep. Yep. Very good. All right. So I'll who go is through,
0: going... uh I'll go through the criteria. This is Carrie. Hey, um,
1: Carrie the George go for Cart
0: it. okay. The George Cart Award is given to an individual who has dedicated their life to work with and for people who are blind, making a difference in the quality of life and for providing leadership and being a positive role model. George Cart was the first recipient in 1968. So, you know, I think this is really cool because, um, you know, just adding to the quality of life, because that's been, you know, kind of one of the things I've done a lot in my life is just helping people losing their vision to gain the skills to be, you know, productive and um, being being able to regain or maintain independence and stuff. So, you know, that's pretty... Uh, pretty pretty neat uh, description and just that positive role model I think that's mm-hmm. what we are being ACB members is you know being that positive role model out there in the world
1: but oh. and and again let's let's just stress that that if you don't uh, if you don't nominate um, somebody for these awards uh, nobody can win them so
0: that's true yep yep and we'll let uh, we'll let Amanda talk about the Marjorie Beeman Award.
1: Oh, and 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 I think all three of us have, have some <laughs> things to say about Marjorie.
0: You, prob- <laughs> you probably do. So Amanda has the criteria when you're ready for that.
1: <laughs> Very good, Miss Amanda. Stay tuned. Um, Marjorie Beeman is an amazing lady. Um, she is uh, from Austin, Texas, and has been around in ACB at least as long as I've been there. And and any time that that convention was getting close, you could expect to see Marjorie scurrying around whatever hotels we were going to be involved in, or you would find her at the airport waiting for people to come in. She was the volunteer coordinator for ACB for many years, she was also a lot more than that. She was uh, a, an absolutely committed Braille transcriber. Um, she she made it her business to assure that virtually everything that would sit still to be labeled at an ACB convention was going to be labeled. And she also made sure that hotels lived up to uh, the kinds of criteria that ought to operate for a convention that was being held for people who are blind in this country. So, Ms. Kim, would, would, do you have a couple of things to add about Ms. Vardren?
4: Well, it's so true that um, she was the person prior to the ADA, when we would have a convention, that she would go in and she would put, you know, Dymo Braille labels on the doors so people could find their rooms because there was no signage that was accessible. Uh in those pre ADA days. And and she labeled the soda machines and did the braille menus and all the things that I, I'm sad to say we probably really take for granted today. Uh Um, She worked, you know, at least two or three days prior to a convention on site, putting all those labels and braille signs up and large print signs, because that wasn't a requirement either prior to ADA. So she's always been there. Um, She's a, Devoted Braille advocate and a wonderful person with more energy than anybody in this world I can yes. even imagine. She just keeps going and going, yeah. and she's ageless. You know, it's just she's just ageless and amazing.
1: Yeah, people call her the the the, the something bunny. What's the other Energizer An- bunny.
6: Energizer Bunny? <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: it. Mr. Chris, what would you add? Well, there isn't a whole lot to add, but it might be worth saying that uh, Gerward and Marjorie began to work together in Texas. That's what got her involved in ACB. And as the ADA took over some of her role, not to be outdone, she assumed a new role, first working on conventions, but then becoming the person most involved, especially as a volunteer in convention based fundraising with outside organizations for ACB and she's been responsible for motivating people for exciting people to create a new funding mechanism for ACB i don't know the exact value but easily 150,000 dollars 200,000 a year
1: i think and that's right
2: and what and the other thing
1: that for. that we could that we should probably say is that is that Margarine continues to be active in Texas you know there are organizations in Texas that Margarine is still treasurer of um, e- e- even after uh, an awfully long time and and it to, to me it is it is significant when folks um, get a role at national and still remain involved at the state and local level because I think that says an awful lot um, for a commitment to acb yes. um which is pretty cool miss amanda you're up
7: <laughs>
5: <laughs>
7: thank you paul <laughs> thank you i'm just i'm learning a lot um about all these acb heroes and legends it's really awesome i mean boy i asked for an acb history class i got one right uh-huh. um, <laughs> um so, uh, I'll go, I, I, I have so many stories. I've only known margarine for a little bit, but I know that I absolutely am thankful that she thinks not only of the Braille users, but she's thinking of the low vision users because, uh, I have, uh, with my vision, I have, um, some depth perception issues. And when I first went to the, uh, my first ACB convention was in St. Louis and, um, one of the things I, the first things I noticed was like all the steps were labeled and everything was labeled. So I'm, I'm so grateful for her service and doing everything to accommodate every single person uh, mm-hmm. at our convention. So, uh, all right, I'll read, I'm sorry, Paul, I'll read through the criteria of the Margarine G. Beeman Volunteer um, a, a recognition award honors an individual um, who has who have given who have given tireless tirelessly of their effort, resources, expertise, or time towards improving the quality of life in the blindness community. <clears throat> the achievements, accomplishments. Uh, or service on which nominations are based must reflect ACB's vision and mission. This award may be given to a deserving individual or organization. The award was named for Marjorie Beeman, who was the convention's volunteer, it says was. I think she still is the convention's volunteer coordinator. It was first given in 2016 to Marjorie Beeman. Marjorie Beeman is oh uh, no, she's not with us tonight. I was reading my notes. I apologize, I, <laughs> Paul. I do know someone that has received that award, and um, uh-huh. she's she's from Kentucky, and her name is Patty Cox, and she received the award in Rochester, New York. Um, mm-hmm for her service, um, not just to ACB, but on our state level, um, because there was one convention, um, where, you know, Patty, uh, let's see, it was, it was in 2017, I want to say, where she, uh, was injured, or she had just had surgery, right. and she helped us, she, she helped us set up and, uh, serve the food and just basically run the convention like she normally does but she was in a wheelchair and she did it all from a wheelchair and it was amazing yep.
1: and and patty is now president of cclbi so
7: yes um, and so she gives tireless hours to does, kcb and acb and yep. she she she's just amazing
1: That's that's excellent but again if if you have somebody who is just the best volunteer God ever built, uh, they're not going to get an award unless you nominate them. They are just not. <sighs> All right, I think that it might be interesting for us. Um, do, do you? Does I can't remember. Does the award committee have other awards you guys want to talk about? We, we
0: we do. We have two others,
5: mm-hmm.
0: um, and so. I'll I'll let Amanda go last with the uh, membership growth award, which is just based on numbers. But um, very good. There's there's also the affiliate outreach award, mm-hmm. and so um, you know I was when I I don't remember if it's this last convention of the convention before. So 2020 was the first national convention that I ever got to attend. Of course, it was virtual. Oh. <laughs> I I uh, I gotta tell you, Paul, I actually ran for the ACBO of Oregon presidency because ACB of Oregon sends their president to the national conventions and I've been a member since 94 and never attended one. And so I am starting right now, my second two year term and I feel really gypped thanks to COVID because I missed three travel opportunities. I did go to DC in 2020, but so, you know, now number four is coming up of the gypped service. But anyway, in one of these, uh, So I think it was really awesome, um, the virtual component, because I Mm -hmm. was one of those that all these years I could have been listening in um, because I could have never afforded to attend. But, uh, you know, one of the really interesting things, um, one of the last couple of years, they had one of the affiliate chapters had started a CCTV project where they would get donated CCTVs and put them out. and. The, the ironic thing about this is about 15, 18 years ago, I started one with my local chapter in little Coos Bay, Oregon. It's on the coast of nice. Oregon. And, um, you know, we'd get, we, we raised money to get some of these placed at assisted living centers. And then we started getting donations and, you know, we'd just get them to people who couldn't afford them. And and so that really spoke to me when I heard that award um, being given. So the affiliate outreach award is based on a nomination by an affiliate president that recognizes a local chapter um, for a new outreach program. The program must have a measurable outcome and it was established in 2000. And so I I just think that's a really um, neat award and, you know, going, you know, it needs to be outside of just their little sphere, of course, because, you know, everything we're trying to do is more of a national level, Mm -hmm. but, I think it's just, um, you know, real interesting to look back on and you know being able to see what types of different projects and it really can give these uh, all these other affiliates ideas. You know, where are we going to go in the future and what to look forward to. So, so if you're an affiliate president and have a a chapter that's been doing something fun and cool, make sure to put in that nomination. Right. <laughs>
1: And, and we don't have very many um, uh, awards that, that actually speak to efforts at the local level. And so it, it's actually pretty cool to have this one. But let me ask the awards committee to help us. Tell us what we mean by outreach, you guys.
0: I, I would say <clears throat> outreach is is reaching beyond that chapter, not just um you know, not just in ACB you know reaching outside of them into mm-hmm. their community to better lives of people
5: yeah I think, I think thats I think that's I think that's
1: about right other members of the awards committee want to add anything to that definition or you guys good with it
3: I think it's Ms. I think it's pretty accurate you know, yeah, it's I think so. and I yep. it's, yeah it's, it's going it's just going out out in a bond to into the community and and helping wherever it needs to be done and having a program.
1: So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, Connie is, uh, Connie, uh, Amanda is about to tell us about the only award where you don't have to write a nomination. (laughs) Miss (laughs) Amanda. Miss Amanda. I am,
7: I am so glad to talk about these, the the last two awards before we get into the BOP awards, because um, I'm the, affiliate, but I am the president of currently actually won one of the awards. So uh, we have to talk real quick about the affiliate growth awards. And uh, those are based on the greatest increase in membership as determined by the uh, 2021-2022 membership reports. One award is given for the greatest percentage of growth and another is presented to the affiliate with the largest number of new members uh, and last year's winners were two special interest affiliates they were uh, acb next generation i have no idea who they are no i'm just kidding ever um, <laughs> and their their percentage was 130 thirty six point six seven percent growth in membership and uh the uh, other affiliate was blind information technology specialist who had a grand total of eighty one new members last year um, so that that's that's ridiculously awesome I don't even know
1: yeah um, it's pretty amazing it's so- is- would you would you say, Amanda, that that really one award, the percentage one uh, is, is organized to encourage smaller affiliates and uh, and the other one is encouraged is, is set up really to acknowledge larger ones?
7: I I, I would say so, Paul, and I'm going to tell you why, Um so in 2020, when we were working on becoming an affiliate, when we were officially chartered uh, by ACB, uh, by ACB, almost at our full name, um, ACB, um, we had 28 members uh, that we certified that year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would have had one vote on the floor, which, would, which was exciting, in, in my opinion. And then last year, we turned in 70 members. Um, nice. and i'm i'm not gonna lie we are going for our second award our second mm-hmm. growth award and because nice. we <laughs> we we have so much power um and and enthusiasm and acb has been uh over overwhelmingly generous to our affiliate welcoming and it's just it's just been an amazing year and i want to double up and make it nice. even more awesome
1: <laughs> you went from one vote to three so maybe you'll go to six this time
7: oh you know it you know <laughs> that's what we're doing we we are our, our goal last year was to get us to, to get to over to get to two to get over 50 members um i will say our biggest uh, recruitment is during convention and just to give you a comparison in 2020 we recruited sixteen members. Mm-hmm. In twenty twenty-one we recruited twenty-four members, new members.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be fascinating to see how that works when we're doing a hybrid convention, assuming know. that's what we do. Um you know, will will we still have the same number of folks mm-hmm. online who will join? Or will we uh, or, or or will there be more people who are there in person who will join? Right. So I don't think any of us knows the answer to that yet. So we'll just have to see what happens. Absolutely, Miss Katie, before we start talking about the board of publications awards, I think what I'm going to do, um, is, is to ask, um, our person who's handling hand raising to introduce herself. Since my senility has caused me to forget her name is Kenisha. Anyway, um, Tell us who you are, and also, if you would, tell folks how to hand raise, and then let's see if anybody would like to do that.
8: Sure, I'd be happy to. My name is Chanel Allen, and if you wish to raise your hand and you're on a PC, press Alt-Y. If you're on a Mac, Option-Y. If you're using a smartphone, you will find Raise My Hand somewhere located in the middle of the screen. And finally, for anyone on the telephone, press Star-9. And now is the time to get those hands up in the air. Currently, we do (laughs) not have any raised hands, but maybe they will come on up.
1: Yep. So... Um what, what I guess I would say to the awards committee is um, you guys uh are are out there encouraging people to um to nominate folks for award, but then after April first, um, your work really begins, right? And do you want to tell us a little bit about your process, Carrie perhaps?
0: Sure. So when we get all the nominations in, then all of our committee members will review all of the letters and then we get to sit and chat and, you know, make a a group decision on, you know, which awards go to which nominees. So the more letters you guys send, the more nominations, uh, the more work you give us. So, yay. (laughs) And and um, I can uh, repeat the email addresses if you if if that's okay, Paul. It is. Okay, great. So if you want to do a nomination, you're going to send your nomination to both Connie Sims and I. So my email address is Carrie. That's C A R R I E dot Muth M U T H dot a c b o for oregon yay at gmail.com and connie's email address is connie k o n i dot l dot sims s i m s at gmail.com boy we must have gotten the same idea when we were doing our email (laughs) analysis It's all that grown-up email addresses, none of this, you know, fun kid ad or whatever. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So you're from Oregon, and Connie is from South Dakota. I am. That's excellent. That's excellent. So do we have any hands?
8: We do not.
1: Very good. Miss Katie, how are you?
8: I am
9: doing well. I'm doing well.
1: Katie got drafted um, at the at the beginning of uh, this year um, to take over as chair of the Board of Publications because our former chair um, had the bad grace to be elected first vice president of ACB and so could no longer um, serve as chair of the Board of Publications. So Dan Spoon um, took this really cool decision and appointed uh katie frederick from ohio to become chair of the board of publications um i have um served in that capacity in the past and have served on the board of publications for um quite a long time and i can tell you um that the board of publications also has a fair amount of work to do um in terms of awards and um Katie's going to tell us about the first of those awards now.
9: Um, sure. So again, thank you, Paul, and thanks to the um, for having me here tonight. And it's a pleasure to be here tonight, talking um, with the other members of the of the awards committee to really highlight the awards that the Board of Publications offers. And as I've been working with. Uh, Carrie and Connie. I apologize. This is about my eighth Zoom meeting of the day, and it's um, approaching 9 p.m. Eastern. So (laughs) if my brain power (laughs) is running a little low, I do apologize. Um, But in working with um, Carrie and Connie, we we got together, the three of us, at the beginning of the year and said, you know, we we all are offering awards um, within ACB. We have a great organization. We want to recognize our members and others. And so let's you know, really come together and, um, you know, discuss the awards together. And so that's kind of how we all came to be here tonight on Tuesday topics. So it's, it's great to be here in my role as, as chair of the BOP. I know I've, um, been on the show in various roles in the past, um, some of which zoom hosting and other things. So it's always good to to, to be here. (laughs) Um, so the BOP does offer three awards, um, we have the Ned E. Freeman Excellence in Writing Award, the Vernon Henley Media Award, and the Hollis Liggett uh, Braille Free Press Award. So, the first one that I want to talk about, and there there is an article written that describes these in, in detail as well in the January issue of the ACB Braille Forum. So, um, folks can go back to that and, and reference that article as well, but... <laughs> The Ned E. Freeman Excellence in Writing Award was instituted in 1970, and that that happened to be before this chair of the BOP was born. Um, But this (laughs) award is, um, it's based on the following criteria. So an article must have been first published between April of 2021 and March of 2022, all articles published in the ACB Braille Forum in all forms and formats are automatically eligible for consideration. Individual articles that are published in affiliate um, publications in the affiliate's official publication may also be nominated by the affiliate's president or editor. And articles which have which have not appeared in the braille forum may be submitted in any format. The article must demonstrate excellence in writing, novelty, approach, and or originality of the subject matter. And the author of the winning article will receive a plaque and cash prize of $100 at the ACB conference and convention. So that is the brief explanation of the Ned E. Freeman Award.
1: Um, Chris or Kim, can you guys add much about Mr. Freeman?
4: Well, I'm here, and Chris probably knows more. Um, Ned E. Freeman goes back to the Braille Free Press days. and He does. Um, you know, Chris had um, a collection of some of the artic- the issues of the Braille Free Press in his collection at one time. So it's, uh, you know, but he was absolutely an, an advocate for the Braille Forum um, and, you know, a, a leader of ACB as well, certainly. So, um it's a, it's a real legacy, and, and I think a fitting honor for the Board of Publications to have an Excellence in Writing Award named after him.
1: So. Yeah, he he, um, he was responsible for a lot of the writing that got done in, in the Braille Free Press, and, and also uh, al- along with some of the other folks for whom awards are named that we've talked about earlier, and we'll talk about one other of them in a minute, um, in fact, two others, but but in, in terms of early stuff, the other one is Hollis Liggett. and right. and um, what I think what I think that they both demonstrated was not only an ability to write, and and, and Nettie Freeman was a fiery writer when he was ready, um, and 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 felt very strongly that folks. That folks were being shortchanged by the leadership of, of the national organization of NFB, and was bound and determined um, that that folks would understand that, and that and that he would find ways to, to, to get that information to people who were blind all over the country, and he managed to do that. Um, but I, I think the, the 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 fact is that if if we look over the past ten or fifteen years. Um, there have been an, an awful lot of really wonderful articles that have appeared in the forum that have been recognized by um, by being recipients of the Ned E. Freeman Award, um, and there are some folks um, who don't qualify for that award. Um, Katie, what what are some of, who are some of the folks who don't qualify?
9: Um. Well, I think you know that people obviously um you know the acb people are out or um yep. public people cannot cannot uh, be considered for this as well it, so
1: yep exactly and board, of, and board of directors, board of and directors. And staff, yep. yeah, yeah. And, and, so yeah. and so staff board of, board of board directors boards. and and bop members are all not eligible so it, it it is an award that that goes to a member um Rather than somebody who is serving in a in a in a uh, da leadership position somewhere <laughs> at ACB, um, yeah. So um, and and also um, we we don't have multiple winners. You can't get rich off the um, <laughs> uh, off the award because after you have won the award, you are then not eligible for it for the next five years. So
5: right. Uh, so in
9: this case, um, people who have won since twenty eighteen would not be eligible
1: so right yeah so it's interesting um and it's one of the few awards in acb that actually uh, includes money <laughs> yes yeah so, so it's, it's good you not only get a plaque but you get money yeah
9: so, yeah we could all use that i could use a hundred dollars I, I don't
1: know about <laughs> I could, you. Paul. <laughs> i could too yeah i could too so that's the that's the ned e freeman award that the the criteria that, that we use on the Board of Publications in, in terms of judging these awards is a pretty complicated one. Um, do, do you want to go into detail about it, Ms. Katie, the, what, what we do once we get all the nominees?
9: I actually um, do not because this, is, this will be my first year going through that whole process. Um, myself oh, it will
1: so, it will yes. oh that's because true. i was
9: i was on the board as an ex officio member um in you the past, were and you so did, i
5: you didn't have I to am, do it
9: <laughs> i am learning it's called baptism by fire i believe is the expression yeah,
1: that's about <laughs> yes. right but yes. but what we what we essentially do is we get a list of all of the qualifying articles from sharon and we, we, um, we are, are then required to go through and choose three articles from, from that list, um, as our, and, and, and designate them as third place winner, second place winner, first place winner. Um, and, uh, once Sharon receives all of those, she puts all of the nominations together and, and then she is responsible based on, on the scoring from the five members of the Board of Publications. She determines, um, uh, or is able to determine because of our scores um, who the actual uh, winner of the uh, of the Nettie Freeman Award is. Miss Katie, next award.
9: Yes, next we have the uh, Vernon Hinley Media Award, and this one is also a bit different um, from from many of the other awards that we give in ACB, and it's really. Um, used as a vehicle for publicizing ACB throughout general media and to encourage excellence and accuracy in electronic and print coverage of items relating to blindness. So this award can be presented to an organization, company, or individual who is either sighted or blind, who has made a positive difference in the press, whether in radio, television, electronic media, magazines, daily newspapers or um, during the period encompassing April 2021 through March of 2022 by portraying the capabilities of people who are blind in a positive light rather than focusing on outdated stereotypes and misconceptions and just a personal note we definitely need more of this positive portrayal I think in our media so um, Mm -hmm. it's always good to highlight that um and we don 't always get
1: a lot of nominations for this award, which is too bad because right. there are piles of people out there who are doing really cool work in this area but 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 people don 't nominate them, and that 's too bad because it means we can 't give the awards. It also means that that we have occasionally gone out and really solicited um, folks who who are uh, nominators um, to, to actually think seriously about submitting a nomination so sometimes the Board of publications is doing has done in the past what what Katie's doing tonight and that is to encourage more of you to get out there and nominate folks for for, for these awards and recognize them for some of the stuff they're doing um,
9: absolutely and also we do um, if people if you know if there are programs or articles that are written um for a visually impaired or blind audience, um, those can be submitted as well as a nomination. So, um, you know, um, various, you know, a variety of media are eligible. Um, some, some examples are, you know, like I said, television or radio programs, um, commercials or public service announcements, videos, articles from magazines, um, so really, there are just a lot of of great, um, you know, any media that that really portrays the blind in a you know positive light is is always you know always a, a good thing and encouraged to you know to share those nominations.
1: Vernon Vernon Henley, um, who um, this who is the person after whom this award is is named. Um, was a tremendous con- contributor to ACB, not in its early history this time, but in the in the seventies and eighties. Um, he was a, he was a pretty amazing guy. He was he was the guy who, um, for the most part, provided us with information about the city we were going to, and he'd prepare videos and he'd prepare kind of almost travelogues of the cities that we were in um, and, and was immensely interested in, in ensuring um, that folks who were blind and who were involved in ACB had a sense of, of the, 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 the environment that the convention was taking place in and, and the city that surrounded it. Um, it, he 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 really was amazing in terms of the stuff that he put together um, at, for ACB conventions. Um, Kim, you want to add anything?
4: Yeah, he um, he was his. I think his his media um, you know things he's most noted for in ACB was um, he was the creator of ACB Reports, the audio yes. magazine right. that. Um, mm-hmm. He he founded and did it until his passing. And he was tragically killed in a fire in, I believe, 1987. Yes. And um, and he he for a sighted person, and you know, we always say that for a sighted person, you're not so bad, you know. <laughs> 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 but um, he really got it, and he, yeah. he really wanted to promote that, you know, the real story and not the. Inspirational story or the hyped right. up story—it yeah. was the truth, and he really believed in that, and he wanted to tell right. the story of people who are blind and what we yeah. can do. And was really um, very, very committed to the organization. Yeah,
1: and, and he used to say, he used to always say, "Blind people have a right to know." I mean, that mm-hmm. was his—that mm-hmm. was kind of his mantra: "Blind people have a right to know," and yeah. and and that was that was the way he operated at our convention. He was really. Really, very, 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 very cool guy. Paul, was he
9: an editor? Or, I mean, what was
1: he his was role not, ATB? He was not. He was not. Chris, were you going to say something?
2: Yeah, uh, I was going to say, we, we should also not forget to mention that Vernon was a great proponent of bulletin board systems. The first yes, computer, he was. kinds of commu- he computer yes. communication that allowed people to communicate with each other. And he was always promoting acb years being a part of of bulletin boards yeah um
1: actually there were two acb people who 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 were leaders in that that vernon was one the other was uh charlie crawford Crawford,
2: (laughs) that's true that's true vernon was never an editor uh, that i know of but he was chair of the board of publications yes in passing and, and a very good chair as well
1: yeah he's a pretty uh a pretty intriguing guy um but we need nominees that fit the criteria for this award because yes. um, uh, most years, uh, we, we really have to struggle to get nominees for this award. So, we need your help. Oh, Miss no, Katie. Oh,
5: I'm
1: sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Somebody else was going to yes, say something. Yes, I was go just ahead.
8: going to say you have a raised hand whenever you're ready.
1: Well, let's take the raised hand. Go ahead. All
8: right. Uh, it comes from Sheila Young. Sheila, you may unmute.
1: Miss Sheila, hello.
6: Good evening, everybody. How are you? We are well. Good. I am so sorry I missed the first hour of your meeting because I had another meeting. But I just wanted to thank um, whomever. I'm not sure if it was the Board of Publications or who it was, but the Florida Council of the Blind did receive an award last year for our White Cane Bulletin. Yes. And, you know, it's awesome when you're told by people, oh, we're not going to win it, so why nominate us? And I nominated, and we did win it. So, <laughs> you
9: know. There you go. Those, see what happens those, when you nominate.
6: Yeah, for those <laughs> who are sitting out there saying, well, I don't want to nominate because we're not going to win.
1: And, um, and this is the award we're just about to talk about. Right. And, and the, yes. the year before, um, the winner of that award. Um, was the Braille Memorandum, which is the, the publication of the organization that I'm president of?
6: <laughs> exactly. I re- I was there when yes and yeah. So I'm just I was so honored and so excited that we did win. So I just basically popped in to say, if you think you're not going to win, you're not going to win if you don't nominate. <laughs> Yes you never know, so thank you guys and I think this is a great show and I can't wait to go back and listen to the first hour so
1: <laughs> excellent, thank you, miss sheila
6: You're welcome, dear
1: we're about to we're about to talk about the hollis Liggett award um and Katie's gonna tell us what it's all about, and uh then we'll we'll see what what uh, Kim and Chris can add about Hollis yes,
9: yeah, so the Hollis Liggett award is. Uh, promotes practices in um, the excellence of writing in publications of ACB's state and special interest affiliates. All periodicals of ACB affiliates distributed no less than semi-annually are eligible. Nominations must be submitted by the affiliate's newsletter editor or president and the submissions need to include the Um, Two issues of the affiliate's publication from the previous calendar year um, sent electronically and in hard copy format, or which, which, no, let me start that over again. (laughs) Um, Two issues of the affiliate's publication from the previous calendar year sent electronically and in hard copy in the format which the affiliate recognizes as that the best represents its readership. So, um, and then you need to answer the following questions. Um, how many members are in your affiliate? How often is your publication published per year? And in what format is your publication produced? And um, yes, yeah, so that is the, um, the, how, the leak it. Um, There's some criteria um, for the the judging, Um, so it'll be the, the publication will be judged on the number of contributing writers in a single issue, the variety of information presented in each issue, how well the publication portrays the affiliates, the quality of writing throughout the publication, the overall layout and presentation of the publication.
5: So, and
1: it, each of those things that Katie just described are criteria, and a certain mm-hmm. percentage of the score that's awarded to each uh, publication that the Board of Publications evaluates um, is uh, is given to each of those five criteria, and um, and then the total scores are added up and get sent in to... Uh, to, to Sharon for all of the nominees and um, Sharon Lovering, the editor of the Braille Forum uh, or the ACB Braille Forum, excuse me, um, um, totals what what the the five members of the board of publications put together in terms of in terms of their stuff, and it's it it is actually quite a lot of work. <laughs> so Katie yes. has that to look forward to this year.
9: Well, we you know the word publications we we do a lot um with with awards and other things but um you know we we couldn't do a lot of what what we do without sharon and she is just yep. an amazing support from our national office mm-hmm. um she you know does so much um you know she her title is editor but she's so much more than that um for any you know anyone that's worked with her um had yep. her helping on the phones, just anything yep. so
1: she's um She's she's yep. just great. So she is. Uh, Chris, can you tell us something about Hollis Liggett?
2: Well, a little. I, I never met Hollis Liggett, unfortunately. Although I did speak with him on the phone. A few I don't times. think I don't think
1: any of us have met him in person. Though, though so all of us I think have spoken to him on the phone.
2: <laughs> exactly. Uh, as I remember, he was from Memphis, Tennessee, and the reason that he had this award named after him is that he was, for most of its life, the editor of the Braille Free Press, the magazine that was the precursor of the ACB Braille Forum. Great guy. He was a blind vendor. He was not terribly active after the creation of ACB with the organization, but his spirit and his heart were with ACB, and uh, he did yeoman's work. On the Braille Free Press, and uh, that's why his his this award is named after him.
1: Sure did, Kim. Do you want to add any more?
4: I don't think I can say a whole lot more. I did. I have this vague memory of meeting him at a convention, and I just can't. If Chris didn't meet him, I can't imagine how I could have met him. <laughs> So well, I think I'm going to have to think more about
2: this. but I'm sure you met him at the convention where the first Hollis Leggett Award was. Exactly. Uh, yes. That's what I'm
4: yep. thinking, is that we were able to get him one time. I mean, he, yes. he was quite old at the time, and I think some of his family made a point to get him there. And I was just mm-hmm. trying to think, mm-hmm. where was it that his travel from Tennessee would not have been a real burden for him? But I really do remember this kind of frail, thin man. Right. right. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of remember giving him a hug. He he spoke about how honored he was. He was very humble. Yeah. And and I, you know, I, I leaned forward when I was up on the podium and gave him a little smooch on the cheek, and he was just so tickled. That's the part I remember, was <laughs> giving him a smooch. Know, and he yes. was, like, thrilled that, the, you know, the, the princess or somebody had given it. He was so honored that I would... <laughs> Pay such attention to him. It was so sweet, and I just can't remember where we were. But it, yeah, I, I remember meeting him and having that experience of listening to him um, mm-hmm. when he was accepting his award for um, the the inaugural award for the Hollister.
2: Yeah, so, you know um, something we might also say. Chris, it's what yep. you're saying I think the the real promoter of this award and the champion of this award. Uh, while he was chair of the BOP, he was Charlie Hodge. Charlie was totally mm-hmm. committed to make that award happen, to create it,
1: and, and to I, get I, Hollis
5: there to receive yes, it. Exactly. I remember yes. that. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the interesting thing is that that we are we, we're at the moment at an interesting spot. Um, because the other thing that Charlie wanted to do, and I, I don't know if, if, um, if, if Kim and Chris remember this, but I certainly do, is he actually wanted to give two Hollis Ligget Awards, one for large affiliate newsletters and one for smaller ones, um, because he felt like the small affiliates would find it difficult to compete with uh, larger affiliates who are publishing, you know, pretty pretty major publications um, every quarter. So his his notion was to eventually create two versions of the Hollis Liggett Award. It didn't quite happen um, right. while Charlie was alive, and 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 there's it, there there are lots of arguments that can be made um, for it and against it. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but but it was it was you're you're absolutely right, Chris. It, it was certainly one of the things that um, that that Charlie um, championed when when he was chair of the BOP. So um, that's that's all of yours, is it not, Miss Frederick?
9: It is. Um, just to let people know, the nomination deadline for these awards is April first, and um, you can either mail materials to. Sharon Lovering at the National Office or send send her an email to slovering at ACB.org. And again, this article does appear in the January issue of the ACB Braille Forum, which you can hear on ACB Media Ten as well as read, you know, via email or on cartridge or online, large print braille, and you know, we do our best to meet everyone where they are in terms of receiving that, and so um, feel free to reference the January 2022 issue for the full article on the BOP awards.
1: Thank you, Miss Katie, and and I'm going to put folks sort of on the spot. Um, everybody who is on the awards committee, everybody who's, who's on the Board of Publications Awards Committee, and and chris and kim have listened for the last hour and 40 minutes to us talk about the awards that uh, acb currently gives um, are, are there some things that we should be giving awards for that we're not and if if there are things we should be giving an awards for what 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 are they what should they be like what are the things that 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 are good ACV qualities that at the moment we're not recognizing by awards. So I will open it up and see who wants to, to speak up first. And don't, don't all speak at once.
2: Chris, go. I've, I've thought about this a little bit already. Um, not that I thought you'd bring it up, but it's just been on my mind. I wonder if we should consider giving some kind of, of award based on all the work that ACB puts into Zoom today, I mean, uh-huh. is significant. And there's a few people who really made Zoom and these uh, community calls happen. And maybe we should think of some criteria there. Yeah,
1: I think I think that's a that's a good point. Uh, so more generically, kind of uh, an award for excellence in 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 technology that expands access for blind people to information or something?
2: Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Other thoughts?
2: This is Carrie. You Carrie. know, I was kind
0: of thinking along similar lines, but not so much from the tech perspective. These community calls have Oh my gosh they've exploded! <laughs> there are so many of them and there are so many people that are very involved and in, you know a lot of facilitators that show up volunteer their time multiple times a week offering these uh-huh. community calls and just you know you know some type of award that is you know more about bringing the blind community together and um, helping people feel welcomed into it. I think that's been one of the the biggest things that I have seen growth in ACB since COVID hit is just the closeness in the community and feeling like we are a community. We're not just over here in Oregon. We're not there in Washington. We're not there in, you know, Florida. We are a group, a, we are peers of each other. We are a community and, um, you know, just something that could honor that and, and all the work that goes behind it. Not just, I mean, it, Thank you, technology, or we wouldn't have it. But um, there's so many tireless hours of people just trying to make sure that we all keep coming together and and gaining skills and, you know, gaining that sense of community and opening our minds and our eyes to um, other things that we didn't think we might be able to do or try.
1: Gary, thank you. Um, Kim, any thoughts?
0: Well... You know, I've thought about
4: a couple things as as a category of award.
5: Um,
4: And and that would be um, kind of recognizing, um, you know, political leaders, um, policy changers, change makers kind of thing. Uh, Like a visionary or a change makers kind of award where you could have a place for Someone who sponsored a piece of legislation that was critical to our advocacy, and and we have given you know special awards, sure. um, you know, with the discretion we of have. the president and right. things like that for for key leadership like that, and and maybe it's a leadership kind of award mm-hmm. um, to be able to have a place to recognize, you know, it could be the mayor of a city or it could be a U.S. senator or. You know, a a county commissioner that have done something, you know, advocated for accessible pedestrian signals or there's so many, you know, kind of things that are out there. So that was that was definitely one I had been thinking about as a way to recognize you know, allies. I guess is the mm-hmm. the phrase we use today. You know, how to recognize and honor our allies who are with us and helping yep. us to move our
1: right. agenda forward. And and I think an allies award is a great name for it too, um, yeah. be, be, because I think it, it 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 sort of puts emphasis on the fact that we can't do it by ourselves. We 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 are. We are just as dependent on the support and help of other people to get our objectives met, as uh, as as other people are dependent on us to to create the kind of climate that promotes folks who are blind. So, yeah, that's good good thought.
2: No um, idea about that. Just yep, because an award that I gave during my presidency, or that me and the ACB gave was the award for to Jamie Fox for Ray. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of an example. It's not the best maybe, but it it's an idea uh, that speaks to this.
1: Yeah, we 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 might not have we we might not have given it to um what was the name of uh what was the the, the name of the detective who had a guide dog? <laughs> <laughs> maybe not maybe not <laughs> maybe not <laughs> um i i i i have uh, have often thought and and people will say that there's some self-interest involved here but there isn't um be, because i'm 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 only sort of tangentially involved now um but i i I wonder if, if we should give a, an award at some point um, to folks who have made a, an enduring contribution um, to the creation of ACB policy, perhaps by their participation in resolutions, um, perhaps by their work as, as staff when they're no longer here, um, perhaps um, as, as volunteers who have... Who have spent some time working on particular initiatives, like say audio description, to take one example, um, and and heaven knows there are piles of people who could qualify for that award, but I'm not sure um, that 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 we give any awards that actually recognize um, the role that people have in terms of making uh, making dreams realities or making ideas actual. Um, and And perhaps perhaps we could think of an award that would specifically focus on that and one of the reasons why I propose it as an idea is I think it will help us to um, communicate to our members that there is that there is some philosophy and 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 a set of values um that acb is trying to promote and by recognizing people who forward those values by actual actions we can also um focus attention on those values so i don't know what people think of that hmm. well perhaps there are folks in the audience who have oh, ideas uh-
3: Paul, this is Connie. Um, yep. I, I like your idea. I think all of the ideas are are good. Um, kind of a, along the line of yours, um, mm-hmm. maybe with a couple other ones, I think with like advocacy. You know, advocacy mm-hmm. with the resolutions, the initiatives. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I think that would help our members, you know, understand some of that stuff. So, I that's where I kind of look at... Um, the advocacy part the policy part
1: of it yep yep i think that's a good plan yep i
7: have a question paul please Um, sure how how do we name awards like how 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 do people get named uh, awards named after them whether you know they're still living or they're deceased how how do we determine that
1: I don't think I named any awards during my presidency, but I, but I think somebody, pr- probably within leadership, comes up with the idea of of honoring someone, um, Chris or Kim. Would you would you jump in on that?
2: No, I think you're right. I think that's kind of how it happens. Uh, many of our awards were created in the '60s and early '70s. I think the. Gerard McDaniel Ambassador Award was created when Gerard retired, and combined yep. the Ambassador Award. That's one of the, that and the Hollis Liggett are two of the only awards I can think of that we've created since 1981.
4: Yep. Yeah, the the two that that I can, I recall um, having some role in were the um, Distinguished Service Award being na- renamed to, as to the James R Olson. Award and that was done, you know, to recognize him upon, you know, after right after his passing, um, for for the how he had come into the organization as a volunteer right. and then his his transition as as a staff person and how he was able to do what he did and then the other one is the the um, Marjorie and Beeman Volunteer Service Award that right. just started as Amanda said about um, what four years ago. Yeah, um, and that was a recommendation that came from uh, the convention committee, as I recall. So,
1: yeah, i I think I, I think that it that it that there is consensus about who our heroes are, though. Um, you know, and some of that some of that comes comes out in in um, uh, people of vision. Uh, And some of it, some of it certainly comes down in in the organizational memory, um, that those of us who are becoming older, uh, or, or are downright old, (laughs) depending on, depending on your perspective. Um, you know, I think all of us, um, all of us recognize that the folks, um, who have, who have made pretty significant contributions in an ongoing way to, to acb um and and naming awards after them is a, is a way of 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 actually recognizing um the the degree to which um th- their contribution goes beyond simply receiving an award but ac- but actually goes further and i don't i don't know that there are it, it's hard to know because you know we're we're sort of living through it um, all of the folks we've named awards after have for the most part been folks who really haven't um with I guess with the exception of Marjorie who haven't who haven't been active in ACB for 20 or 30 years for the most part um, I'm not sure how we'd evaluate the current generation. Of of leaders within A C B as as to whether they would even qualify to have an award named after them. Who knows? <laughs> um, interesting. Um, give folks who might want to raise their hands to, su- to to suggest awards areas that we haven't considered, or to uh, contribute anything else. See if we have any hands that get raised here.
8: There are currently no raised hands.
1: Thank you so much. You have not been busy. I have not. <laughs> and this yep, is Katie, if
9: I can uh, Katie, jump in. I, sure. I think, you know, Kim's idea of the Allies um, Award is is a really good one. And I think, you know, in Ohio, we offer one that's uh, called the, you know, Community Service Award. And it really highlights, you know, local communities or people that have really, again, made that that impact, you know, by, by helping make. Life more accessible, more um, achievable for people who are blind. So I think that's a really interesting concept that I hope um, the, the hope ACB can explore moving forward. Um, and also, just want to highlight, um, you know, I think I think on on the board of publications, you know, we're constantly looking at you know at the awards and and seeking nominations and things. But you know, one thing that we want to make sure too is that we are, you know, that we award um, you know, writing and awards that are, you know, relevant. So we, you know, we want to look at um you know, making sure that we are, you know, offering awards that might, you know, people who publish blogs might qualify for and or, you know, podcasts or different audio things, YouTube, you know, whatever, things that weren't even around, you know, when when many of these awards were created. So just, you know, making sure that, you know, we as a board of publications kind of keep up with some of the Newer medium trends um, for for some of our awards, so I think we'll be looking at that over the next um, year. Certainly, it's you know too late now, but um, something that we will you know be looking at moving forward is, is how we can really recognize um, you know those awards, and um, you know maybe even something for for ACB Media. Who knows down the road? So um, just you know it's some real- food for thought. Again, as we've talked yep. about the community, I mean ACB Media. Gosh, you know. Um, ACB Radio. I know. I know you were around for that, Paul, in the early two, or late nineties, early two thousands. So with our I friend was. Jonathan Mosin. So, yeah. Um, you know, I know. You know, that's that's a huge uh, contribution to ACB. That's you know that that relies on a lot of volunteer hours to make it happen. So
5: it
1: does. Um, so um, I, I guess I guess I would. Uh, add two things then I'll, and then I, I will give the the three chairs an opportunity to to make one last pitch in the second what i what I wanted to sort of end from a a, a neutral perspective by saying is none of the people who receive a c b awards get those awards because they work for to get them um, people get a c b awards because folks have recognized that what they've done is important and relevant and cool. And it, it is only, um, it, it is only when you guys reach out and, and recognize the work that folks do, um, that, that those awards get given. So remember, it's up to you to create the next generation of ACB heroes they can't create them themselves and most of them would be too modest to do it, even if they could. So, uh, Ms. Carrie, do you want to start? Do you have a final thought?
0: I would just encourage, um, the listeners to really think about people or their experiences and and really consider putting in a nomination, um, I, I learned a lot tonight myself being new on the awards committee and there was a lot of great information shared and great stories about what these awards are for and I just really want to just encourage people to give us work, send nominations, make us work. Thank
1: you. Very good. Miss Katie, any final thoughts?
9: Um, Yes, just again, nominate, nominate, nominate. You won't win if you don't nominate or um, some things. So please, you know, get those nominations in. April 1st is the deadline Um, and check out the January issue of the ACB Braille Forum to read about the BOP awards and the um, other awards uh, that, you know, Carrie and, and Connie spoke about this evening. We Mm-hmm. We all offer great awards and we just, we need, you know, we know there are people out there who deserve them. So help us, help us find them. And, and yes, make us work, please. Uh,
1: Miss Connie.
9: You know, just,
3: I want to echo what Carrie and Katie said, just, you know, nominate because you never know. Um, look at, look at people, you know, we all know people, we all see people, we all work with people, you know, we interact interact with people um so we just you never know but just like carries to give us work um we want we want people to be nominated there's a lot of i'm sure worthy people out there that should be nominated and hopefully get some awards
1: excellent so i, I need to ask you guys is it a rule that in order to become chair of a committee that gives awards uh your name has to begin with a hard c or k <laughs>
9: <laughs> I, I think so <laughs> We're just the cool crew this year I don't know
1: That's right that. the, yeah, cool yeah. Crew, the, <laughs> the cool crew The season kids. Yes yeah. Well thank you to Kim and Chris And thank you to the cool crew uh I, I i very much appreciate you guys there
4: you know yeah that's
1: right care. <laughs> <More seasoned laughs> you're, you're king. the outlier paul yeah. Uh, yeah well
5: no and amanda amanda,
0: amanda. amanda, what amanda that's I'm, right
1: amanda and i but we're gonna stick together amanda and yeah. i <laughs> um,
7: i'm cool in my own way paul you're welcome it, to my club anytime thank
1: <laughs> you amanda um Ladies and gentlemen, next week uh, will be interesting because we're going to have the Executive Director of the American Council of the Blind as well as our Advocacy Director talking about 2021 for ACB and what we can look forward to in 2022. Um, I am looking forward to having loads of you join us next week uh, to get an idea of, of what our our leaders from the staff side have to say about where ACB has gone in the last year and where we're going this year. Thank you so much for being a part of us. I expect everybody to start writing this very evening. I appreciate your listening to Tuesday Topics and wish everyone a good night.